0: So hi guys, welcome back to a new episode. We have me, Sophia, and Gabriel on this new episode and we'll be talking about Hispanic Heritage Month. Just a brief introduction, um, I've previously hosted on this podcast before on the Pride episode with these other two wonderful people and my pronouns are he, him. I'm a Mexican-American and I, um, I'm from Arizona and my favorite Latina singer or celebrity would be Selena um, Quintanilla, and I, her music's just so am- amazing. i say my favorite Latina dish, specifically from Mexico, would be like um, tamales. So we'll have Gabriel go next.
1: Awesome,
2: awesome, awesome. Thank you, and happy Hispanic Heritage Month. Now, of course, my name is Gabriel. My pronouns are he, they. I'm actually from Highland Park, California. I am Mexican- as well as Puerto Rican, so that's a fun time. My favorite Latina singer would definitely be Marc Anthony or Selena if Austin hadn't said it first. (laughs) And my favorite Latina dish is definitely birria tacos with elotes that me and my mom like to make every now and again. And then especially empanadas, that is just too good. I'm gonna pass it over to my girl, Sofia
1: what's up everyone um as Gabriel just introduced me I am Sophia my pronouns are she her I'm from Miami so another kind of Hispanic American hub um I am Puerto Rican and Cuban my favorite Latina singer would have to be Bad Bunny I love his music always gets me hyped like literally never fails and my favorite Latina dish from where I'm from would have to be tostones
0: thank you Sophia and so just a quick disclaimer: um, We are all American-born latines and we um, much of what our talk is through like an American lens, as we were born in this country. And so, just a quick definition of terms that we'll use: um, I've heard, I know that most of you have heard the term Latinx. That's just a very general neutral term of for um, Latino. But um, I personally use latine because it, it's more, um, it's, it's a better way to say Latinx in the Spanish language. Um, so I'll be using um, latine and. So we'll have Gabriel start off with the history of Hispanic Heritage Month.
2: Thank you, thank you, thank you. And to start off with the history, we are going to go as when Hispanic Heritage Month was established and as to why. Each year, Americans observe National Hispanic Heritage Month from September 15th to October 15th by celebrating the histories, cultures, and contributions of American citizens whose ancestors came from Latin countries. The observation started in 1968 as Hispanic Heritage Week under President Lyndon Johnson and was expanded by President Ronald Reagan in 1988 to cover a 30-day period starting on September 15th and ending on October 15th. It was enacted into law on August 17th, 1988 on the approval of public law 10-402. Now, September 15th is extremely significant because it is the anniversary of the independence for Latin American countries Costa Rica, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, and Nicaragua. In addition, Mexico and Chile celebrate their independence on days September 16th and 18th. There is also Dia de la la Serraza, I could never say it correctly, I apologize, which is October 12th, which falls into this 30-day period. Now, Going as to that, we want to go over some important Latina activists. There is a multitude of activists that are not even really heard about or known, which is extremely important as we need representation as to what we are doing and how we can further in our lives. Now, the first one I'm going to be going over is Sylvia Rivera which you can actually find more about in our Pride episode prior to this one. We went over her as well as her importance and how amazing of a person she generally was. Now, next would be Dolores Herta and Cesar Chavez. These are both influential labor activists who both co-founded the United Farm Workers Union. Now, there is Cesar Chavez Day, which is a U.S. federal holiday proclaimed by President Barack Obama back in 2014. This holiday celebrates the birth and legacy of the civil rights and labor movement activist Cesar Chavez on March 31st every year. These are two both very important figures, as there was no one who was actually protecting farm workers when they started. You might not ever hear these names often, but they're important to farm workers and the agricultural industry as a whole they both made sure that farm workers had fair wages and humane treatment. This was because of the grape strike and boycott that lasted from 1965 to 1970. And we have to remember him for all he has done for farm workers. He is an extremely important person, specifically to me because my grandfather works at unions all the time. And, you know, he's been pretty much obsessed with unions his entire life. So he is one that I focus on as much as I possibly can. He was one of the first people that I learned about that was actually Mexican-American. Now moving on, Austin.
0: Yeah, and I'll be talking briefly about a different um, important Latina figure in the United States, Sonia Sotomayor. She's the first woman of color on the Supreme Court, um, the first Puerto Rican and first Latina on the Supreme Court. And she's been a fighter for um, the rights of Latinas for many years. And she's called for reforms of the criminal justice system and making impassioned sense on the issues of race, gender, and ethnic identity, given the very conservative majority on the Supreme Court. And she's just a very important figure and role model for millions of Latinas um, in America.
1: Thank you guys so much for sharing about these incredible activists. So from here, Uh, Austin and Gabriel and I really want to get into some of the beautiful and amazing parts of being Hispanic like some of our like core memories growing up with our Hispanic families that have really shaped who we are so I know for me a lot of that is centered around Noche Buena and Christmas. it's really big in my family. It's when everyone comes together from all over. A lot of us live in Florida, um, but we all come together and we do like a big secret Santa and there's like tons of food. Oh my God, my great grandmother, and my grandmother love to cook and bake. Um, everyone brings food. Everyone's so happy. Um, just like core, core memories right there. Um, and I also love I really love how, like, affectionate my family was growing up, like, physically affectionate. Like, you know, you show up to the family event and you hug and kiss everyone. And when you leave, you hug and kiss everyone. No questions, no nothing. When I was little, I would be like, I don't want to, but, like, that was not an option for me. Like, that, like, I would hug and kiss every single person when I arrived and when I left. And, you know, even though I didn't really appreciate it at the time, I really appreciate it now. Um, it's something I just like absolutely love about my family and yeah I mean I'm from Miami so it's like that Miami but you know, recently I moved to the Northeast I'm in Connecticut for college and people are not like that here and it's been a transition just like standing and waving at people when you arrive and leave a function Um definitely still adjusting to that one. So I, I find my Hispanic people, I find my people from California and Florida and I give them a hug every chance I get. Um. So yeah, that's also something I've really cherished about growing up in, his, in a Hispanic family, just like generally all the love and like the dancing and the music and the fun. Oh my God, nobody parties like Hispanic people. Another thing about Connecticut, nobody parties like Hispanic people. Um. Just honestly, growing up was a party. But yeah, what about you guys?
2: Oh, absolutely. My great-grandparents have a pool, so we make up every excuse to just go and party for at least two days. <laughs> and, you know, every every time we go, it's the same playlist that has all of Mark Anthony's music and Ricky Martin's music because my grandmother's in love with both of them and there's no way of stopping her from playing it. And then there's always Arroz con Candules. And then there's always, oh, I love my abuela mixing bananas. Oh, man or when they make penil during Christmas. And honestly, it helped me learn how to cook. Like one of the first things I learned how to make was arroz con candles. And then I recently just learned how to make pudding, which is bread pudding, which is one of my new favorite things to make, which is, de- which? it's just stale bread, <laughs> stale bread and milk. And it's absolutely fantastic. And it's helped me like regain a sense of my culture and be like, this is where I'm from. This is one of the greatest things. That I'll ever be a part of and it's little things you know like learning not regular medicine but putting Vix on every time you feel sick and it's cleansing yourself with an egg to make sure that you're okay and to see if anyone's watching you it's going to your grandparents house and noticing now noticing that there's a horseshoe on their door to keep them protected and to find one now for my house it's beautiful and in the most subtle ways which is my favorite part of it is noticing little things more and more.
0: Oh, I agree with both of these two. Latinas do it better than anybody else. They they do it better than anybody else. Like partying it up. Like I was at a wedding like one to two weeks ago. I know, I think two weeks ago for um, one of my cousins. Um, and oh, the weddings are so fun. Like we partied up like... Like, there was Bad Bunny, there was Mark Anthony, there was, uh, it's just all like amazing um, Latina singers. And like, all oh, the music just, you know, you just, you just, the beat just makes you move around. And oh, it's just totally fun. And the food, too. We have some of the best food, hands down. Um, but like, yeah, many of my um, best experiences uh, around Christmas, just like Sophia's are. um, Like, particularly, we have this one reunion, um, like, right before Christmas, and it's a white elephant exchange, and so, like, all the, like, all the primos get gifts for each other, and um, it's really fun, and you get to see, like, all the, like, silly gifts that are taken, and um, who ends up with what, and it's just, it's such a fun time, and uh, it really makes me appreciate um, Latina culture, especially since I'm, I'm, like, I grew, I'm or I'm growing up in the white suburbs. Like I don't get to experience Latina culture a lot of the times. So I just like I cherish those memories so much because I really want to connect with my Latina culture in particular.ly And just being with my family and um, around the Latina culture, uh, Mexican culture is just so um, amazing, and I will forever cherish those memories. and When I go off to college, I'll have to be, I'll have to look at pictures and be like, oh, that was such a fun time because I won't be able to experience that. So I'll forever remember um, these amazing family experiences.
2: All right. Thank you all for sharing your wonderful and beautiful stories. And as you know, our culture is just, it's just so gorgeous in every single way. But there are a couple of problems that we do need to go over. There is a large amount of colorism and racism within our own community and it is it's terrifying sometimes for me to see because I'm a lot lighter than my brother. And the difference experiences that I know we're both going to have, and I can't defend him for the rest of my life, and that is honestly my most terrifying part of going to college is leaving him that that is where I struggle the most.
0: I just like to add on to Gabriel, um, particularly with being uh, or in the Latina community, we often forget Afro-Latinas, and they have had a huge, um, significant impacts and effects on our community and have brought in so many beautiful additions to the Latina culture. And I just like to um, recognize the particular impact of Afro-Latinas.
1: Totally. And, you know, I think as younger members of the Latina community we really do have a responsibility to like change this about um, you know latine culture about changing the colorism and the racism that has just been ingrained in the minds of our families at least my own for generations um and you know that that includes educating them and calling them out when they say something that's not okay and that also means when we have families of our own just like really instilling those values of of equality and and ensuring that that colorism and racism do not persist because you know that that's got to be something that ends here you know it's way too prevalent Hispanic people have been discriminated against by so many people and why are we doing it to other people I really don't understand I really don't you know it's it's political rhetoric to an extent where it's like a lot of politicians benefit from convincing Hispanic people that they are white and they are are better than non-white people um, because then they get the votes. So, you know, that's something that we have to acknowledge and understand as a community and really work to move beyond it.
0: Yes, I totally agree. Like within any community, there are problems, but there are also the great, magnificent beauties within each. And we must work to create a better community for our future and for our future children and grandchildren. And so I'd like to thank you all for listening to this episode. If you want any more information, make sure to check out our Instagram at tsvpod. Um, make sure to check any links down below that we link for other information on um, Hispanic Heritage Month, um, and we'll have some resources um, for how you can make an impact as well. And we just like to say thank you for listening. See you all in the next episode.
1: Bye. Bye.